0: What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Tom Higginson of the Plain White Tees over Zoom video. This is actually the second time we've had Tom on the podcast. The first time my brother in law, Sean Olbs of the Eiffels, interviewed Tom because their bands had played together a handful of times. So I was stoked that I had the opportunity to, to chat with Tom and I watched the interview that my brother-in-law did and kind of did some follow-up questions. We recapped a little bit on their first conversation, uh, but it was awesome to to really find out about how the Plain White Tees got started. We talk about them getting signed, how they got their first manager. Tom talks about obviously the huge success of Hey There, Delilah. And last time we had Tom on, somebody in the YouTube comments was asking, like, no, speak of one, two, three, four, rhythm of love. So we went through all the albums, which was really cool. Tom talked to us about come on over, uh, then putting out Stop, all that we needed, and every second counts. And obviously the success of Hey There, Delilah, uh, Big Bad World with one, two, three, four, and Wonders of the Younger, which was the first album that had songs written by Tim Lopez. Rhythm of Love being one of those songs. Um, he talks to us about American Nights, which was the album that they ended up putting out independently. And the music video for the song we talk about because Tom's son is the, the star of the video. And we hear about them getting back onto Fearless Records and putting out Parallel Universe and all about the new Plain White T's record, which is awesome. It is their self-titled album and they've got a big tour coming up to support that as well. You can watch our interview with Tom on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Plain White teas. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much.
2: Dude, hell yeah.
0: Awesome. Actually, we've had uh, you on our podcast. You, My brother-in-law actually interviewed you last time. He's in a band called The Eiffels, and he's played with you guys a few times.
2: Absolutely. For sure.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that I get to chat with you. I've had uh, Tim on as well for his other project. Oh, nice. So yeah. Had a couple of members of the band, so it's cool to- Lots to of-
2: Lots of plain white tees, love. Thank you. Yes,
0: of course. <laughs> so I'd love to I'd love to get your story. I'm really excited to to chat with you. Um and I love the new album. I had a chance to hear it.
2: Oh, kick ass. Cool. Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's so good. It's so good. Um a few of my a few of my favorite songs in the album you haven't even put out yet. So it's exciting.
2: That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny because there's I, I feel you on that. There's a few songs that i would have probably went with like we kind of for the most part i don't know are we going already by the way yeah
0: we always we just
2: roll it okay yeah i was gonna say uh we we were had a really great time making this album and we got it was very it was like the perfect um like we we got along really well with like the label and our a and r guy and everything um it was a great process And we kind of let them for the most part, we were like, you know, we love all of our songs. So we, they were kind of, you know, they said, Oh, what about this for a single? And we're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But if, if it was strictly up to me, I probably would have went with a couple different ones, but Again, it's like, I didn't, uh, you know, The I love them all. So sure. sometimes it's hard to be, you know, objective as the artist, you know, it's like, of course, I like others more than maybe the label thinks would, would be better singles, you know? So it's like, okay, I trust you guys, you know, but I'm, right. I'm curious to think what songs you liked that weren't out as singles, because I wonder if they're the same ones that I would have went with.
0: Okay, so I like A Little Less Alone. I think that's a great song. Hell yeah. Um, and I'm looking at the track list you now and go back. The first song on the record, is it starts off, it's so good. Young Tonight. I love that yeah, song.
2: That's one of my top three of the whole album. And uh so that one wasn't a, a single, but the label, our AR guy was like, but it's track one. So like everybody's going to hear that song. You know, it's like you don't really have to push it because it's like that's the one they're going to. Here here. when they put the
0: album on for sure so yeah i, I like I, a, a couple of the other ones that you haven't put out yet the, the slower ones like like l-o-v-e is a great song uh girl from pasadena is a great song um, oh yeah, slower ones but uh i also really like uh feeling more like myself nice. like, <laughs> like i love the like stuttered the vocal yeah, it, i think that's so rad i love when bands do that
2: hell yeah well you've basically picked a few of my favorites so yeah we're i think we're on the same page
0: <laughs> what would you pick as a single now i'm curious
2: so i would have went with uh definitely young tonight and l-o-v-e i think yeah. are two of the two of the songs on the album that sound most like singles to me you know yeah 100 like, I, like I think both
0: l-o-v-e of, both of for those, sure
2: l-o-v-e sounds like a straight up like if you were to be like, oh, plain white tees. Yeah. Hey there, Delilah. One, two, three, four L O V E. It's like right <laughs> in that same world, you know?
0: Yeah. So yeah.
2: So young and tonight
0: and L O V E. Yeah. Yours. Well
2: young tonight, I, again, I can see maybe that's a little bit outside of our box, but that's why it's a fun opening track, you know, to kind of really hook people. But I can, you know, I'm okay with that one, not being a single, but that's one definitely one of my favorites. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the album is amazing. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. I, yeah, I heard it. I was like, "Wow, like this is really good." So I was excited Dude. that I got a chance to hear it first, or Appreciate not first, that. but before. Yeah, we I mean, kind of first. Kind of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, a few people that we've sent it to. Um, I mean, it's it's really cool. Like, kind of overwhelmingly, like super positive responses so far. Like, it's, I, and I don't think people are just like blowing smoke up our ass. I think it's like genuinely, people are like, "Dude, this is." freaking awesome! like they really are loving it so far so knock on wood that you guys are all right and well, uh, not I, crazy <laughs> no
0: i think you yeah it's definitely an, an incredible record and i love the fact right, right now with the kind of resurgence of pop punk and like that, mm-hmm. scene that you guys kind of came out of and that's a scene that i grew up with and loved uh if it's like it's definitely like a obviously like a now version of what that is and i think it's oh rad. yeah it sounds it sounds like a plain white T's album but it also doesn't sound like you tried to recreate a, another uh, older album at all
2: yeah no i totally agree and uh, if can i talk about that for a second
0: of course you can we're going to talk so, about everything anything you want to talk about
2: well i was just going to say that the fact that you said it sounds like a plain white T's album like that was kind of the intention of this album. And part of the reason why it was so perfect that we just didn't name it, you know, it's kind of just leave it as a self titled title because it's like, we really tried to kind of focus in on like, okay, what is it that makes plain white tees unique? Like what is our thing? Like, because we always try to push ourselves and make every album a little bit different than the last and everything. So we kind of like looked back at the, at the, the history of the band and it's like, okay, what is it about plain white tees that makes us different, you know, that sets us apart. And we really tried to kind of hone in on those, not like in a formulaic way, but just like kind of in the back of our minds, especially in the production and everything. It was like, yeah, we don't want to overproduce anything. We want to keep everything kind of stripped down, kind of raw, kind of rough around the edges, you know, make sure the lyrics are all very honest, very vulnerable. You know, those are just some of the things along the way that we're like, that maybe made these songs make the album above other ones because it was like, no, this feels more authentically plain white teased. Like we wanted to kind of hone in on the identity of the band and really try to make an album that sounded like, well, I couldn't hear any other band make an album like this. This is plain white teased, you know?
0: hundred percent that, that you, that's it. Yeah, I think you guys have accomplished that a hundred percent where Hell it's, yeah. it's got faster songs and it's got but it has that same vibe uh throughout the whole record it's like okay this is you know you have the slower ones more that you know hey There delilah's but also like faster songs and then that first one just really sets the tone for the whole album it's like okay this is really cool like just that intro guitar riff i'm like this is dope
2: i love that you love that song dude because that's (laughs) like i said that makes me happy because that's one of the ones i i was really stoked about too
0: yeah, I mean, definitely sets up the album. And I'm not, in it's not just like, oh, I listened to the first song. Like, I listened to the whole album like three times, and I was like, damn, like, still going back oh, yeah. to that first one. I think that one's <laughs> so good.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know, it's important to have a good track one to make people want to push play on the album. <laughs> sure. You know?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, well, Rad. So I, I did. I watched your other interview with my brother-in-law, and, and you know, I've, I, so I don't want to just totally do that same. Vibe, but i'm curious just uh to hear from you uh you're from chicago area um you talked about writing a song your first song when you're in eighth grade but prior to that like how did you get into music Do you come from uh artistic household musical household at all
2: you know uh my mom played a little bit like she had like a, a guitar laying around the house when i was a kid and she'd have like her like you know, three or four just go to songs that she just kind of play once in a while, you know, and more like a hobby. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, my dad actually, this is a funny story. He's played the drums when he was like in high school and stuff. And he was in a band. But I have never like to this day, I mean, I've got a drum set in my in my house, you know, I've got a studio in my freaking basement. And I've, I've never seen my dad sit behind a drum set and actually play like supposedly he's like some awesome drummer from like, you know, when he was younger, but, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never witnessed this myself, but maybe the story of him being an awesome drummer, like made me think like, Oh yeah, cool. I'm, I got a little bit of music in my background or something, you know, maybe that gave me a little confidence to do it. Um, but yeah, so not not super musical, but, you know, they were, they they played in the, in the freaking 70s and, and stuff, mm-hmm. in the 80s, and uh, always, like, music in the house growing up, you know, my mom would always be rocking, like, Pat Benatar, Michael Jackson and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and my dad was actually more of, like, a Scorpions, like, you know, Halloween, kind of like a 80s metal kind of guy, so yeah. I feel like I've got all that kind of floating around, uh in my brain, you know, inspiration wise. Sure. So yeah, I always, always loved music and always was around it and, and, you know, just kind of knew I had like a little connection to it.
0: Cool. Um, I know you, you did talk about getting, you got a drum set in like ninth grade, right? Wasn't that kind of yeah. your first real, you said it was your yeah. first instrument, but it sounded like you had a band, a talent, you played like a talent show or something before that and you wrote a so song So yeah, I did like,
2: that. I did a rap song at the eighth grade dance. Oh, it was so a rap was like, song. Yeah. It was literally like, uh. It was uh heavy d and the boys there was like a, an instrumental track that i had and i just me and my buddy tom sukup we wrote like a rap song and we did it at the eighth grade at the eighth grade talent show um we just like hit play on the track on the tape and we're just like rapped to it and uh <laughs> like back and forth that yeah exactly it was That's like a, awesome like a yeah tag team um <laughs> And uh, they liked it so much, the class liked it, that they had us do it again at the eighth grade dance at the end of the year. So that was pretty cool.
0: That's amazing. Um, Just the one song, you guys just had the one song?
2: Yeah, just so, well, I feel like we might have had a couple more, but like, you know, it was whatever. We didn't really develop anything, of course. (laughs) Sure. Uh, But that led me, you know, to think, okay, cool. I can write songs. I can do music or whatever. So then, yeah, freshman year is when, um, you know, that's when like, nirvana and pearl jam and all that that alternative scene just really started blowing up and so then as like a you know high school kid i was like oh wait this is uh, this is way cooler this is like i can identify with these guys you know they're dirty and they're cool and they're whatever you know and uh so then i i wanted to play drums so i got a drum set yeah maybe because of my all the legendary stories of my dad you know i don't know
0: that's what but I was I, gonna ask you. So you got you got the drum set, but he never like sat down and was like, Oh, cool, like we got a kit. I'm gonna show you. No, a I moves. swear I
2: <laughs> I don't ever remember him freaking playing that thing. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, I I luckily sat back there and I just started messing around and started, you know what, I would just put on records and just kind of fumble along and play along. And eventually I got pretty good after like a year or two of playing.
0: Yeah. that's awesome and yeah. what were the, some of the you said your mom had a couple go-to songs I'm just curious what those were when she played guitar you
2: know they were like I feel like they might have been like from her church or something they oh, were like okay. folky or maybe they weren't church but like they sounded like it to me like it was they were like folky kind of like 60s like she loved Carol King and like stuff okay. like that when she was like a little girl uh-huh. and so I think it was kind of that kind of vibe like yeah 60s 70s like folky stuff Okay.
0: So it wasn't yeah. like, oh, she went to and played, you know, yesterday or whatever. No, like, it wasn't like no. go to that you knew, like right off the bat.
2: No, it was like, yeah, some random stuff. That's cool, though.
0: So, drums, did you have a band when you played drums?
2: So, my first band ever was called Harvey's Daughter. And that was, yeah, I was the drummer for that band.
0: Okay. And you didn't write the songs, and, though? Just, just, drumming?
2: uh, no, I had a, a buddy, uh, you know, it was just like a bunch of us from high school. Uh, one of my other buddies was like, kind of charismatic, you know, singer guy and he had written some songs that we just played. And um yeah, we only played I want to say like one or two shows or something, you know, it was just a little high school fun thing to do, but that led to forming Plain White Tees, because it was okay. like, okay, we're doing these songs like I was starting to write because I had played drums and then I picked up guitar and kind of learned that And so I would make these little four track demos in my basement since I could, I'd lay down the drums and then I'd go back and I'd lay down bass and I'd lay down one guitar and then I'd lay down a vocal and then I'd like pass the tape out, uh, the tapes out to my friends. Like I'd make little mixtapes of these songs that I was writing and uh, hand them out to my friends, like the next day at school and just like, you know, kind of already trying to market or, you know, promote or like, oh, check out my songs, whatever. And, um, and then from there, yeah, it just kind of naturally led to like, oh, well, like some of the guy, we all go home, you know, after school to my house anyway, and jam every day. Like I kind of took like my, you know, the best guys and just said like, why don't we start playing these songs? And that was how the play my Tees basically started.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And that's cool that you were able to just record all the instruments and kind of make your own like full yeah. on. Like, it wasn't like you just sat down with the guitar and played it. It was like, I'm going to lay down the drums. I'm going to do the For guitars. Sure. and.
2: Yeah, our first uh, our first couple like albums, like demos and stuff around Chicago, I played everything on too.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. And they would you just had your your buddies would just play if you did live shows.
2: Exactly, pretty much, yeah.
0: Wow. And how it, many of those songs from those original recordings ended up becoming plain white T songs, if any?
2: I mean I mean they were all technically plain white tees songs because yeah, from the first like when the band started in '97. We had a a tape that we made. It was like a full length cassette tape that we would sell at shows, and like we would get you know used to get gigs around the city and stuff. And yeah, that was I played everything on that tape. And then um, we made an, a a self released album called "Come On Over" mm-hmm. in two thousand or maybe nineteen ninety nine two thousand, and um, that's kind of what got us to like get a manager and, you know, start really blowing up around Chicago. And that one, I didn't play everything, but I played the drums. And, uh, me and this uh, other guy, guitar player in the band, we kind of tag teamed like the guitars and the bass and stuff. But yeah, I played, played drums on the, I actually played drums on our album stop as well, which was our our first first big release on fearless. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so oh, yeah. I've had, uh, I've had Lauren Israel on my show and I know oh, that he my w- had a big part of that. I don't, I don't Dude. know what your guys' relationship was to this day is, but
2: I freaking love Lauren. I love Lauren. I know he's, it's a bummer because he's got a very like, you know, people either love that guy or hate that guy. He's very polarizing, I think in the industry, uh-huh. but, uh, I always loved him and I, I love, he's got a, definitely a tough love vibe to him for sure when he's working with you. But, uh, I loved it. I appreciated it because, you know, I wanted to be better. I wanted to, you know, be pushed and I mm-hmm. wanted to grow, you know,
0: was he so, yeah, the one that, was he the one that, that found you guys? Was he the one managing you or no?
2: Exactly. Yeah. That oh, was, wow. okay. that was when we put out, come on over. Um, we were kind of building up, like in, in Chicago, we were starting to like sell out shows and stuff as a local band. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow he had gotten. I think we had put a song on a comp CD or in some that was free in some surf magazine or something like that. Somehow he came across us and he like reached out to us through our website at the time and he was working at Capitol records at the time. So it was like, you know, it was like, Oh, this big shot guy from Capitol records, LA, he wants to manage us. Cool. And then he flew out and, and we had like a meeting with him and we were all like, hell yeah, this guy's awesome. So we, we just, went for it. And he, yeah, he really helped develop us from come on over to stop is when he came in the picture. And so stop was kind of the first thing. He really taught me a lot about just writing and just cutting the fat out of the songs and just really being, you know, focus, having focus within a song, you know, with your writing and everything, like every line has to kind of lead to the same place. And, you know, just Mm -hmm. dumb things that seem so obvious, but they're not until someone kind of points it out to you or shows you the way you know it's kind of cool
0: yeah i mean it's it's obviously helpful to have someone else go oh well you could probably take this out or you could shorten this piece totally or, yeah um and then somebody that had a track record i mean did you know of his work i mean he did the Bleed american album from jimmy world so, so yeah
2: that was kind of going on around that same time actually yeah okay so, um yeah so he he had done clarity he had worked with them on clarity oh i didn't um, know he
0: did clarity as well
2: well he was so he was on cap he was at Capitol when they were on Capitol. And so I don't know that he had a big role, but I think he was one of the people to help them get them signed to Capitol. And so he was, he was kind of, you know, background behind the scenes on clarity and clarity was one of our favorite albums back then. So yeah, that definitely was like, okay, this guy worked with Jimmy world. Like hell yeah. (laughs) And then he, yeah, he's credited. I, I want to say is like executive producer or like, executive a and r or something on bleed american um because yeah they jimmy world got dropped by capital but they were bros with lauren and so he kind of stayed on and helped them you know helped get the songs together for bleed american with them
0: wow yeah because then they signed with dreamworks which then eventually just you know became yeah. something else or whatever right but, right i remember when i talked to him because we talked about your band obviously uh but i didn't I don't recall us talking about when you, you know, you all met or how you did. Uh, but yeah, I remember him talking about Jimmy world a bit too, but that's crazy. So he's the one that found you guys. It's still in Chicago. And then what you flew, you got to LA and you start what working on what became stop or. No,
2: we did all that in Chicago. Actually, Oh, you did. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he we came recorded out to that. Chicago and helped you record stop. He would come out. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of just back and forth, sending demos, sending, you know, It was more, uh, yeah, uh, he would, yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, he was really hands-on, but like, even from afar, he'd be, we'd be on the phone every single day. We'd be, you know, dealing with him, making sure things were feeling good and feeling right. Um, and then on all that we needed, which was the next album, which is where we really started picking up steam. Yeah. That was the first album that had Delilah on it. Um, Mm -hmm. that album, with him that was we did that one in la so we were like literally like sleeping on his floor going to the studio every day coming back that was a that was a crazy time yeah
0: because you had signed with fearless right uh, and mm-hmm. originally with stop and now you're yeah, back so we, on fearless which is awesome so
2: we made stop on our own with lauren and with uh-huh. a buddy of our uh, six our 16 year old friend actually like engineered that album which is kind of crazy <laughs> wow um yeah like literally like in his basement we we tracked stop and then that fearless picked up stop so they signed us because of stop and then they re-released stop um then we toured on that for a couple years yeah and then we put out all that we needed on fearless as well and then that album did did so well on fearless that they upstreamed us to hollywood records Mm -hmm. um so then our next three albums came out on hollywood and then uh hollywood dropped us and yeah we did we kind of put out we had so we had an album kind of half done with hollywood that we finished up and put out on our own called american Nights.
0: yeah which is an awesome record
2: thank wanna, you yeah i, I mean, want to yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: talk to you about that album for sure because i love the video yeah. that you know, i think your oh, son is the he's the, the main br- character br- right
2: yeah that's the coolest one of the coolest moments of the band that little like that That time in the career where we were really like on our own after, after being on a major label, and yeah, that video with my son—he was freaking five years old, and he's just like a little superstar. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
0: I love when he like winks to the Mm -hmm. to the girl. Like I was like, that is like that was my
2: favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the little girl in the video is probably like eight or something. She's like a full head taller than him and stuff. (laughs) They're like walking,
0: holding hands. Yeah. yeah. She's like uh, quite a bit taller than him.
2: So funny. Oh, wow. Um, But yeah. And then we, we came back to fearless, uh, for our 2018 album, parallel universe. And then Mm. now this one.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So with, you just did the one on fearless or two on fearless. It sounds like, and then with all, uh, all that I needed. And then when Hollywood put, put out every second counts, that's when exactly. you put you you put delilah back onto that record too right there, you just add so, like a string section and a little bit more production yeah to so
2: it. so we actually know we did the string section while we were still on fearless and there was a hey there delilah ep on fearless that oh, had the that. that had the string like the the radio version if you will and we actually made the video on fearless everything about that song was done on Fe- with fearless um and then we, because that fear, this is, here's the crazy thing. Like back in the day, the same exact song, same exact video, Fearless Records could get it to like sell 80,000 records, which was huge for us oh, back yeah. in the day. But the same exact song and and video on a major label is, you know, up to a billion streams almost. And, you know, it's yeah. sold, actually sold like 5 million single, you know, plus. So funny that, that that extra push that the major had, you know, really was able to blow the song up more than Fearless could with the exact same song. But because of that, I mean, Fearless was still a really, like an indie label back then. So oh, and they had like 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 said, some of
0: the best bands. I mean, Fearless, it was like Fearless, Vagrant, uh, oh, yeah. Victory, which, yeah. Uh, and yep. like those, um, drive through, like those are all the bands. Like, you'd see a band get signed to Fearless. So it was like, Oh, who is this band? And it was totally you'd go to check them out via in just because they were signed to the label.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of that, like, not like it wasn't our doing, but like, I think we the synergy with us and Fearless with that album really kind of propelled both of us to really, you know, do great mm-hmm. things. Um, so yeah, kind of coming back to Fearless, there are much bigger label now they have so much more connections they've grown so much so it's kind of just the perfect like i don't know it's a nice a nice full circle you know moment for us to come back to fearless and and you know kind of back to our roots kind of a thing
0: yeah it must have been i mean was delilah a massive hit on fearless or it didn't become like radio hit until no it was like a
2: it was a massive like underground indie hit right you know okay yeah. So once you like signed they, to
0: Hollywood, they they're the ones that got it on so the radio and everything Once we signed to
2: Hollywood, else. once we signed to Hollywood, Delilah was not on the album because it was an old song. Right. So we made every second counts. Um, we put out every second counts twelve song mm-hmm. album, and Hate was the first single. Hate is a strong word, but I yeah, really really song. really <laughs> don't like you. And that did really well on alternative radio. That was like a top 20 song on alternative radio. And then it was like time for single number two. And uh, the head of the label, Bob Cavallo, he came out to one of our shows as we were like blowing up with hate on the radio. Mm. And, you know, we played hate, the whole crowd's singing along going crazy. It's a, it's a, you know, a pseudo hit right now on the radio. Cool. Yeah. And then two songs later we play Hey there Delilah and the crowd is even crazier and louder and singing every word. And he, so he, the head of the label, happens to be there for it. He turns to the A&R guy and he's like, what the hell song is this? And it was like, oh yeah, this is on their last album. And it's like, oh, well, can we get it? And it was like, yeah. And we, so we, because of of the the crowd and the, because of the song had already kind of had that grassroots fan base, uh-huh. Um, that pr- that was like showed him that this song should be the next single, and we actually fought it for about a day. We're like, "No way, that song's already out. It's already sold eighty thousand copies." You know what are you talking about? And then we thought about it, and like, "Well, seems like a lot of people like that song, so maybe we should like." Let it be heard by, you know, millions of people and maybe millions of people will like it. You know, it was like, it didn't take us long to kind of think. But our first reaction was like, no way, man, that song's old. That song was already out. You know, our fans already know that one, you know.
0: Right. So, which would be it, your instinct, right? I mean, you're like, you're totally. You're, but luck- you know, luckily, like we didn't, band, yeah.
2: luckily, we didn't get in our own way with that one. And we stepped out and we let let the label do their thing. And sure enough, they were. They were right. Good. So (laughs) thank you, Bob Cavallo. Thank you for uh, being a a good label head, you know?
0: Yeah. I I remember in college and that came out and um, I remember that was everywhere at the time. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that song.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, we could because we were too busy. We were too busy playing it everywhere every day. Like (laughs) we kind of missed that. Like you couldn't escape the song because we were. I mean, I've never worked so hard in my life. You'd think being in a in a band, like, you know, the days of, like, sleeping in the van and, like, crashing on people's couches and, you know, driving yourself, eating frickin' Taco Bell and, you know, getting to the gig. You think those are, like, the hard days? Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm telling you that when Delilah was popping, it was like we didn't sleep. It was like we were, like, on autopilot, like, frickin' 20-hour days of, like play it, go to this radio station and you got to be funny. You got to be, got to look you gotta good. On, you got to right? play good. Yep. You got to play the song five times a day at five different radio stations because the pop station playing it. The freaking alternative stations playing it, you know, the hot AC stations going to start playing it. We need to get them on, on board. And, and then you go to the sound check party that the radio, another radio station is throwing. And then you got to play your actual show and then it's like we would fly a red eye flight, try to sleep on the plane, land and get picked up by the radio rep in the next city and go do the whole thing again for like three or four months straight, like blowing up the song. And I don't definitely don't regret it, but it's crazy that like, yeah, that was the hardest thing we've ever done is is have a hit, you know? Oh not yeah not like not like making the hit, not like working, you know, building the hit, but like actually when the song was a hit. We didn't get to enjoy that at all until, you know, I mean, I'm still enjoying it. I've, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's done well for us. So I'm, I'm super <laughs> grateful, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a lot yeah. of work. We, I mean, the, only, I, the only way we would know like that it was what was happening was just to all of our friends. Like, Oh dude, I heard the song at freaking you know, the airport or I heard the song at, you know, Chipotle or, you know, it was like, yeah. that was the fun of, it was like the friends and family, like, kind of cheering us on from the sidelines and kind of letting us know how, how things are doing, you know? But yeah, other than that, we were just like blinders on just constantly going. Like we nice. literally got told our song was number one on the radio, like a number one on billboard or whatever, yeah. like right before, like we had to go on stage and play a show. So it was like, you guys, you're number one, like, Oh, cheers. We took like a picture and then it was like, okay, on stage and then play a show. You know, it was, it was just constant, man. It was crazy. no time to celebrate until when we, when we did the, when we went to the Grammys finally, which was, you know, the February of the following year, this Delilah was like really big. That was like the summer of 2007 Mm -hmm. when we were going crazy. And then, yeah, not until pretty much February, January, February of, of 2008, like six months later that we actually got to be look at each other and be like, holy shit, we're at the fucking Grammys right now. You know what I mean? Like, like that's when it all kind of finally sunk in like, damn, this is like, we did it. Like we had this, you know, it was, it was a good moment that we all could kind of like kind of congratulate each other. Like, dude, Holy shit. You know?
0: Yeah. We're for, here. Go. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I did. I was on the radio for a lot of years like, in San Diego and we played you guys on 91 one X million times and I was on live one hundred five in San Francisco. We played you a million times, but, um, oh, yeah. I could I remember bands coming in, you know, on that like okay, we got a single and you'd you know, the radio rep would drive them and they'd do an interview and then Oh yeah. you'd go in the conference room and you you guys you'd have to sit there and play to the people at the station, maybe they'd have <laughs> like some winners come and like Oh yeah. I would you know, I saw so many bands have to do that that grind and it's like like you said. I mean, that's when yeah, it's a lot of work obviously. Prior to that, but when you get to that level, it's like nonstop. Like you just see it in the band's eyes are like, we love this, but we can't even really enjoy it at this moment because it's just like go 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 go.
2: Totally, and like literally, I'm not even exaggerating. At least three of those every single day. You <laughs> yeah, because so there like, was like
0: two alternative stations in the market. You have yeah. two, like three pop stations you have to go yeah. to. Oh, but man. I mean,
2: it worked obviously because these stations. Whatever we greased the palm or whatever you call, you know, it's like we did the work so that they played the song more and they pushed it up and they, you know, it was like like Rihanna Umbrella was number one and we, you know, we we knocked her off number one. That's pretty pretty crazy,
0: you know. No, that's amazing.
2: That's- and there's some fun fact that like I think for the first time, like I don't know, the first time in year it was might have been the first time ever, but like definitely the first time in a long time the song I'm pretty sure was came into the top 10 and one week at a time, it was like 10 the next week it was number nine. The next week it was number eight. The next week, like it went all the way every week. It went up one notch all the way to number one. Like, I think that's, yeah, I, I, there's some stats statistic, like, you know about that like first time in 25 years that that's or something like that i don't know
0: yeah that's cool cool. yeah to see it grow like that i mean then yeah so so every week
2: we were all like holy shit you know it's like still going number eight you know yeah. yeah
1: this episode is brought to you by dragon ball legends the ultimate dragon ball experience on your mobile device Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real-time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices.
0: I'm just curious on like, Having your you know your mom's a guitar player, your dad's a drummer. Like seeing you guys succeed in that way was that that must have been a pretty special for them to see too.
2: I mean, for sure. You know, um, I don't know that the fact that they played like again, they there was like a hobby totally to them. Okay. So you know, it wasn't I don't like think was... oh
0: my son's doing what we wanted to do. Yeah, no, that. I don't oh, think okay. it was
2: anything like that. I just think they were just generally proud because you know just proud to see their son, you know, accomplish something like that and be able to follow my, you know, my dream and my, you know, have, have the work ethic to never give up, have the, I guess the talent to just, you know, craft it and, and work hard on developing my talent and skill. And then, yeah, having the perseverance to just go and do it, you know? Um, I think that says a lot about Maybe them being awesome parents, I guess, you know, because it's like I feel like there's a big part of that. It's like whenever there's somebody who is, you know, does something great, probably they had, you know, either a real fucked up upbringing that they're trying to, you know, kind of grow out of or escape from or a really good one that they're you know, gave them that confidence or that, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like in, in my Randall's case, support. it was, it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did for sure. you end up going, did, cause plan T started in high school. Did you guys go to college at all? Or was it like, you knew that you this know, band was going to be your thing?
2: So, um, I did like a joke, like community. I was actually really like smart. Like I was in an, an honor student my whole life. Like I never really had to try in school and mm-hmm. I always got like straight A's. Um, pretty easy for me to just, do school so like uh for me i i kind of knew the because the band had started like our senior year basically like uh of of high school so by the time it was time for college i i went to a community college almost just like for like like shit like because i'm you know supposed to kind of a thing Yeah, yeah, yeah but i ended up i ended up going for one quarter and then Peace and out.
0: Okay. Um, Was the band starting to take off at that point too? Were you like, well, we didn't start to take
2: off, certainly not take off, but we were starting to, you know, play local shows every weekend around Chicago in the suburbs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was just something where it was like, you know, I can always go back to school if I want to, or if I'd fail or if I, you know, but like, This is like what I want to do right now. This is what I believe in right now. I love doing music. I, you know, so it was like, I'm going to put everything into it. And I actually had a friend of mine who went to school. She went to uh, U of I, University of Illinois for four years. And then she did her, like got her like doctorate or something. So she went for like another four years, to like uh, grad school or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was, and she was really smart. Like me, she was like one of my best friends in high school and uh she would always kind of be like because playing white tees, you know from school from graduating it wasn't t- i graduated in 97 and it wasn't until 2007 that delilah really blew up that was the summer of yeah, delilah so it was like, like, like 10, 10 years. years and so you know she would she was in college and she'd always ask me like okay so what do you how long are you gonna do this you know music <laughs> thing and. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm going to do it till I make it. And she's like, well, what is that? You know. And I'm like, well, listen, you're in school for another fucking five years still. So yeah. I'll probably beat you to my career. You know, I'll beat you there kind of thing. So it's yeah. kind of like a fun, like if you think about like, yeah, to like go to college, that's four years. So it's like, okay, let's see where I'm at in four years where all my friends are kind of going to college and I'll do the band thing. And it was like. Within four years, I mean, we were selling out venues in Chicago. We were like, you know, like I said, hooked up with Lauren Israel, I think actually probably on Fearless Records by then touring the country and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is working, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: And then, like I said, another four years for people to go to grad school or whatever they did afterwards or get their shitty jobs that they hate, you know, <laughs> my one friend, one exactly. of my, one of my very best friends, uh, he went to the same college actually for engineering to get an engineering degree, which is, it's the most disgusting, like he just hated his life, you know, yeah. like it's so, so much work. Uh, and before before college, he uh, in high school, he worked his dad like painted houses, like he had like a good you know, like a house painting business, yeah. you know, kind of like handyman kind of thing. And so he'd work with his dad in high school. And then he went to U of I spent probably God, who knows how much money, hundred grand plus easily. To yeah. get this <laughs> sure. engineering degree, hated his life for four years, got this degree, graduated went back and still to this day just works with his dad painting houses. And, you know, so, yeah,
0: oh man. So just it's like that loan like the, t- forgiven. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just waiting for the loan to get forgiven. Yeah. Oh my Me- god Meanwhile,
2: we're out, you know, kind of having fun and grinding it. And, and, you know, like I said, sleeping in a van, fricking making it from city to city, playing our music and, you know, just really working it. And so it was a kind of an, a parallel trajectory, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, last time my brother-in-law interviewed you, I was just looking at the YouTube comments and somebody, the, all the comments were very, very nice. One person just said, no, no, uh, no questions about 1, 2, 3, 4, Rhythm of Love. So ah, I'm just curious. Nice. So I now I want to bring that up to you because it, this person's maybe going to check this one out and be like, oh, well, he brought it up this time. So Big nice. Bad World comes out. Were you, I mean, off... Delilah having this massive thing, you know, massive moment going into that album. Were you guys worried or concerned at all? Like, are we going to have another hit like this? Is this like the moment? Is this ending or or not you even know, thinking that
2: way? Didn't really think about it that way. Uh, in hindsight, it's funny you use the word moment because I really am, can see life as a series of moments. You know, a lot more as as I get older. Like. Like that Delilah summer was what a moment, you know, like crazy working. And then like, yeah, like one, two, three, four was another big moment for us. Um, But to answer your question, one, two, three, four was kind of already written before we were even going into that cycle to record Big Bad World and stuff. So uh, there was no real pressure, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and not that we knew that that was going to be a hit, but we knew that it felt really good and it felt strong the way delilah felt to everybody you know um so yeah so there was no pressure uh but yeah we went in we recorded big bad world mostly in malibu california which honestly was the first time again like we're talking about the first time since you know Delilah basically since signing to fearless you know in 2001 it probably would have been Mm -hmm. the first time since then that we actually have like stopped and like we were in Malibu and it was like we basically like partied for like three weeks and then made an album in like two weeks which oh is kind gosh. of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were working every day, but it would be like, cool. Let's get some burritos. Let's freaking, <laughs> you know, let's have a pool party tonight. Cool. Call some people. You know, it was like, we were, we were definitely, it was a, it was a much needed pause and like, like a loose looseness, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Remember when we used to just like put these songs together in like my basement and we'd have buddies come over and it was, it was almost like a kind of a, throwback to that where it was like okay cool we can just like have fun with this a little bit and put these songs together um and i definitely feel like that album we were trying to to kind of capture more of a live sound and i definitely looking back on it it's definitely a lot more like a little bit like unpolished and i don't know if that's i don't necessarily love that like i don't know i i think that we probably it kind of sounds a little bit of like a slacker record um I think some of that comes through in a good way but like also like that's literally where we were making that yeah. album so it's kind of fun to like listen to and be like oh yeah yeah we probably should have overdubbed that guitar but no nah, it's fine yeah, you know
0: there's something cool about like having the little grit to the to I the agree record. like
2: kind of like Weezer when they put out Pinkerton that second oh, album it was that's like that's my favorite had one of their so albums much, I know me too so it, we kind of were like yeah in the in the vein of that thinking about that but um But yeah, we had one, two, three, four. And um, yeah, I remember hearing the mix, the first mix of that song. It was actually, I was at a radio station doing an interview, like, you know, doing press for the Uh probably gearing up for the album and um, they had sent it over and we had, we were able to sit in like, Oh, like a, I don't know, like a little side room or something and listen to it over the speakers at the station and I remember being like, oh fuck, dude. This is this feels so good. Like it just was instantly like, yes, we did it. You know, it was like a a good feeling for sure. Um what, where so were you, asked,
0: you at? Do you remember what station
2: you were at? Uh, I don't remember. No way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, I don't care. I was just curious if you're like, oh yeah, we we're in like we were in like San
2: Diego. No, just kidding.
0: No, you're like, yeah, I think there was like a nine in the number. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so I mean, to see your career continue, right? I mean, it was it was like, all right, we had Delilah, now we, we put this next record out, and we did it I mean, in Malibu, and we have another, you know, massive song. Obviously, you had two big singles off that album too. You know
2: what's funny? I would love to uh, just real quick with one, two, three, four, fun. No, fun no, 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 t- no, 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 And I no, may cool. have talked about this before. Um, a couple little things, and just this is just because somebody asked about one, two, three, four on on the in the comments, right? Ooh, did you do that?
0: No, but that was awesome. It was like perfect timing. How Dude, did that happen?
2: What? Honestly, I have no idea. I didn't. I touch don't my either. Phone. I'm not touching anything. Really? That was Holy no. That shit. was
0: crazy.
2: Did I like say something and it it cued it? Or right. I?
0: I have no idea. Wow, I don't that was bizarre. That I've was never really seen that happen weird. ever. I, like, I don't yeah. have any features. Yeah,
2: right we're now. not like we're on freaking Zoom here. Zoom. It's not what? like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. i thought you hit that you're like
0: i gotta no, tell you two things i didn't touch gotta, anything it's just like balloons
2: that was wild <laughs> um anyway um i when i wrote one two three four i actually thought it was gonna be like a punk song it was huh. like i was hearing like the you know there's only one three two three like i was picturing like the those parts to be like a like chanted like a gang vocal instead of like it's so only one, thing, yeah. you know, but I had the idea in like the back of a cab. And then that night I tried to, uh, when I went to like flesh out the idea, we were sharing hotel rooms at that point. And our guitar player, Dave was in the room with me and he had like gone to sleep right away. I was like laying down. And so I kind of like snuck in the bathroom was trying to be like real quiet with my guitar. And so I was kind of started humming it again. And I'm like, Oh, maybe this this kind of sounds nice as like an acoustic song, and so kind of funny that the circumstance of that night him being in the room made it kind of be stay stripped down like that as an acoustic song. Um, so that's kind of a fun fact about the song. But then the video. So uh, Hollywood Records wanted to do wanted to try one two three four as a, you know push it as a single, and we made a video for the song. And the song was kind of like doing okay at radio but it wasn't wasn't like wasn't like slamming, right? It was kind of going mm-hmm. slow. And we made a video for the song and um Hollywood did not like the video. And so they were not going to push a video and they were going to stop pushing the song. Like they oh, were going to wow. let the song just kind of do its thing and fizzle out. And so me and uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Venezia, who has gone on to make a few of our videos, but we got together in Chicago and we had this idea. We like we got to shoot something for this song because Hollywood's just going to like let it die, you know, and it's like Mm -hmm. we got to save it. So we went out the next day and we shot the one, two, three, four video. It's like me kind of busking around the city of Chicago and just talking to people as they come up and you yeah, know, and getting they got, like
0: their- the captions on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah getting yeah. their the, little, yeah.
2: little love stories, telling their stories. And, uh, and so we made this video with $0 on <laughs> our own and then brought it to the label. And the label was like, Holy shit, we love this. And then they kept pushing the song and the song ended up becoming a top five single. And the video ended up being like the most played video on on VH1 that year, or something like that.
0: So, oh my gosh, on a zero uh, budget,
2: on a zero budget, and with the label like kind of about to like give up on the song, that turns out was indeed a hit. You know, so it was yeah. like, uh, yeah, definitely one of those moments of like, like, yeah, the we you do need the labels help, but sometimes, but you also got to remember like you got to fucking take charge and and you know sometimes you gotta yeah step yeah, up to if the you plate. believe in it you're like
0: no this yeah. is a great song and it needs to be you know we yeah. need to do something
2: for it and then rhythm of love if you want to talk about that real quick, yeah yeah so that was the actually, next album right yeah then the next album right so we uh tim actually wrote that song and uh so we were all like we were doing you know I remember I was writing a ton. We there was uh, honestly uh, almost like fifty songs I think written for for Wonders of the Younger. Oh my um, gosh! Because I had this idea in my mind to make an album called Wonders of the Younger, and I wanted it to be this very thematic, kind of very adventurous roller coaster of an album to, that almost made you feel like you were watching Back to the Future or The Goonies or like a Cirque du Soleil show or something where it just had all these highs and lows and took you on a real journey you know Mm -hmm. and um so i was in the writing process i was definitely like you know kind of going crazy with with just random and you know song ideas and just really just throwing everything out there and seeing what kind of fit to tell the story Um, and tim was writing as well at that time and he had come up with a couple demos that were really cool and I remember there was this one moment where we were all in the car together. It was me, Tim, and our A&R guy from Hollywood. And uh, I was playing some demos, and then Tim played some demos, and he had just written Rhythm of Love. And I remember for the first time, I mean, I love all of Tim's songs. He's a great writer. Mm-hmm. But the first time I heard Rhythm of Love, I was like, dude, fuck, you got to send me that. I love this song. You know, it was like, I wanted to just listen to it on my own. Like, regardless oh, wow. of like, should it make the album? Is it good enough? Oh, is that, le- you know, I was just like, dude, I, I just want to listen to that again. You know, I want to hear it. So that was kind of like an instant one for me. And um, when it came time to recording it, um, again, I had done all the lead vocals on all of our albums, obviously, and stuff Till mm-hmm. up until that point. And because this album, well, A, because Tim sounded so awesome singing it on the demo that he made of Rhythm of Love, uh, because there was talks of me singing it, you know, in the studio. Oh,
1: yeah. But
2: because the album, the thought behind the album was like, take you on this crazy adventure and this ride, it was almost like, well, shit, it kind of makes sense to have another singer. I don't know. It just like all kind of was perfect timing for that moment to happen. I had also just had my son, uh, when we were going into making that album, my first, my, well, my only, but you know, it was like at that time Mm -hmm. it was like new, I was a new, new dad. dad. And so it was almost like, cool. Well, yeah, Tim, like letting him kind of take, take the brunt of, of it for a second. was kind of a perfect timing thing for me being able to be a dad and step into that role too. So, Um, so yeah, rhythm of love just worked like that. And Tim wrote it, uh, literally there was a girl that he was dating when we were working on the big bad world album. Um, it was actually his, I think first ever childhood crush when he was like 11 or something and he had ran into her in Santa Barbara or something reconnected and they were dating a little bit while we were making big bad world in Malibu. So that worked out nice. We were out in California yeah. and uh, you know, they didn't really last, you know, more than that summer, but it made him, uh, you know, gave him the inspiration to write that song. Yeah. He had a big record out of it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Does he sing body parts on that album too? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Those are
2: his two on that. that yeah. Album. So he
0: kind of, he comes, yeah. It has that kind of uh, up and down like you were saying, just like that. Totally. Vibe that you guys are going with. Yep. Um and we talked earlier about how American Nights was when you guys kind of left Hollywood, right? Left Hollywood Records at that point.
2: Yeah. And that album actually is probably the most that album's such a weird one for me. I love it. But it's definitely the, it's very it's I don't know, maybe just because Tim has a lot more he's singing a lot more on it. The tumultuous time we had at the label, you know, it was like Hollywood Records, we had the best experience with them. But for some reason, on that making that American Nights album on Hollywood, you know, while we were still on Hollywood, that was like the first time we were ever kind of butting heads. And there was ever like a, a uh, you know, like a rift. Is that the right word? Yeah, like, like a uh, rift
0: between you guys. Yeah
2: yeah that was like the only time we ever really had an issue. They were it was i I loved every everything about Hollywood. All the people there was great. but yeah, American Nights it was just weird, weird moment for us all and uh, and yeah, within the band and within the label, it was just a it was just some yeah, kind of like rough waters for a minute mm-hmm. there. so yeah, so listening back to that album, even though I do love it, and I think the songs are great, and like we talked about one of the coolest moments ever was having making that American nights video and, and having my son, you know, be the, be the star of the video was so cool. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels like an, like a bit of like a, and it was to be fair, we made some of it on Hollywood. We made some of it on our own. So it was a little bit jumbled and pieced together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but still, I think it's a great, it still stands, stands on its own as a great album, but, but being in the band, living through that time, probably one of my just least favorites, just maybe because of the experience around it, you know? Does that make sure.
0: sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was a, yeah, kind of a hard time. Like, you're leaving a label that you guys loved, and oh. it was just, yeah, a little um, bit, uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, you said, I don't, I don't know what yeah, you used, tumultuous, uh, tumultuous, I think Yeah, tumultuous. Tumultuous, yeah, is what I was going to go with, but yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and then you, when you, you re sign with, with Fearless for Parallel Universe and then obviously this new album as well, uh, was that a pretty, I mean, going back to them, was that a pretty simple decision to make or like, how did you reconnect with Fearless?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we had a lot of love there, obviously. Um, you know, because like I was saying earlier, it's like, we kind of both kind of, you know, uh, owed each other a little bit of that. Like we, we the synergy there at the, in the early days was so great for both of us, you know, just to really help build both of, a, uh, you know, the band and the label. And so, yeah, coming back just felt like, it felt natural, kind of just like going home, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we made the, uh, the Parallel Universe album uh, and it was, I freaking love that album, but it definitely was us, you know, kind of pushing our boundaries a little bit, trying to make, like, uh, step into uncharted territory for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it's, I freaking love the album. I love the songs, but it's a little bit dark and a little bit, like, I i i, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily, it feels like the Plain White Tease, the, that's the whole reason we called it Parallel Universe, because it was, like, the tease, but, like, if things, if, you know, if, if things had gone super differently in life or in the world, like that's what the tease would sound like. Kind of, you yeah, know, like a darker a parallel universe. Yeah yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Now yep. it's interesting that you say that because it is definitely, yeah, it's definitely a darker record. I mean, you're, uh, bury me like just like the, the, sure. the, the, the songs on the album, you're like, oh, okay. Like now it makes sense why you would have called it parallel universe. Yeah, um,
2: absolutely. And again, it's like, I loved, I I love the album, uh, but, but now as we are moving past the pandemic and into this new chapter of, of plain white teas, I feel like, like we kind of talked about earlier, really like looking at the whole career, looking at the, the discography and just really figuring out what is it about us that that makes us the plain white teas, you know, it's like, I don't know. We I don't know why we've never really thought of doing that in the past. You know, we'd all just we our past albums were just kind of like where we were at the moment and just feeling, you know, just kind of like going with our our guts and and our, you know, flowing like I was kind of like for some reason in 2017 when we were writing Parallel Universe. It was a little bit darker of a time, even though you'd think through the pandemic that was, you know, <laughs> we didn't know what we were. Uh, what, what About we to were. Hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I do think through the pandemic, that level, that was like a reset button for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, OK, you know what? Like, we're lucky to be here. We're lucky to be able to go play shows again, like for a minute there. When the pandemic first started, it was like, man, are live shows even going to be a thing anymore? You know, it was like, are we ever going to be on stage again? It's going to be year. And it was, you know, a good year and a half or so before we could even, you know, get on a stage. And I, I remember one of the first shows playing after pandemic, there was like a plexiglass, like. Steel, the kind of thing between on the stage, between the stage and the audience. And, you know, everybody had masks on in the crowd and it was, it was weird, man, but it was like, you felt great to be able to like to come out on the other end of it, you know? And so definitely it reinvigorated the band and just that sense of, you know, hope and um, just everything that I think the band stood for especially in the earlier days you know there's still some of that in parallel universe and everything Mm -hmm. but like just again parallel got a little bit dark we you know and and this album i think is kind of coming out like i said the other side of all of that it's kind of kind of fun if you listen to the discography that it does feel like you can kind of see point a and point b and you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. it is kind of a cool ride through through the whole thing but but yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about this album, and uh, it feels it feels the most authentically Plain White Tees album that we've ever made.
0: Yeah, and it sounded like early, when we were talking about it earlier, you went into it looking at the discography, going, "Okay, what what is the not saying that you're going to recreate it like we said earlier, but it was like it was more intentional. Like we want this to be a Plain White Tees record. Like what would that be? What would that look like?
2: Exactly. And again, it's like yeah, because we made Wonders of the Younger we made parallel universe, you know, these were even American nights where we were, it sounds a little bit more organic, but it still was, I don't know. It wasn't the same. It was this, just the process this time was just so easy, so smooth. And, um, and yeah, just so, I don't know. Yeah. Easy is I think really the word it was like, we like it, once we kind of figured out like, Oh yeah, let's make a straight up, plain white album, like keep it kind of mostly acoustic. Like you said, there's still a lot of up-tempo songs, but Mm -hmm. everything's kind of anchored around like an acoustic riff or something. Um, You know, make sure the lyrics are all very honest, very vulnerable, keep the production raw and kind of rough around the edges, but it's still, it doesn't sound like big bad world raw. It sounds a little bit more like raw with with energy still or something you know it has a it has definitely like a a funness to it and an energy to it that i think um i don't know that we've ever had even like our slower songs like like l-o-v-e it has such a bounce and a playfulness like that it doesn't feel like it's just an acoustic chill song you know
0: yeah and I love the lyrics too. That you, I mean, the whole the, the lyrics in the album are great, but it's the references you make, especially in, in LOVE, I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I love that line. If Dolly painted you, you'd be surreal. I yeah, love that.
0: that was going to say. That was my favorite one where you talk about oh, Dolly. I nice. was like, damn, yeah. like that was really great, really, really, really nice. creative. Um, nice. Are you still doing? I know you had a couple other projects going on, maybe more so during the pandemic. And then, you know, you have your label. Is that all? yeah oh yeah that's still going
2: actually the label it's funny because we it's been kind of a slow year for the label but in 2024 i'm pretty sure we're going to release at least two two to three full albums uh next year with 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 uh three of our artists so um it's going to be a busy year for the label next year uh side projects because of i've been so involved with the tease album for this last year and a half Mm -hmm. um been kind of on hold i know i'm I'm jonesing so bad to like make a new million miler album that's like my my 80s themed synth pop you know solo project it's so i love that project and that album that i made um but yeah haven't uh haven't done that in a minute just because it's been uh yeah, all know, plain white in tees. in tees town for sure yeah. there's actually a tlb my my side project i play drums for yeah we're actually about to release a christmas song so that's fun oh no, that's awesome yeah. so yeah. that's been, yeah since the tease album has been done for a couple months i've been able to kind of okay like do some other things and think about anything outside the tease for a minute yeah
0: that's rad. Yeah. I had a uh, fair on my show before too. Oh, you're yeah. signed to your label, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of the, we're almost finishing up ready to finish up an, a full album with them. Wow. That's cool. That's really, so, yeah. In between, I've been kind of doing, doing all the, you're all you over know, some of the place. other stuff behind the
0: scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about a tour for plain rights for this album? Have you, you yeah, I believe, yet, or, have, uh, or have you?
2: We have not, I believe. I don't When are you going to air this? Do you know? I
0: was going to air it around the time the album comes out, but we could
1: push it. Okay, So, yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure we're announcing uh, like a week before the album. I'm pretty sure we're announcing uh, we're going to do like a a U.S. uh, like a winter tour, um, January, February. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, So coming up real quick.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Ah, you know, I'm in Nashville now. You come in here.
2: Dude, I'm in Nashville right now. Are you really? I am. Well, I yeah. You lived
0: in Chicago.
2: No well, I, way. I moved to Nashville.
0: No way. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, I still stop. have
2: the Chicago place, but yeah, I'm I'm spending most of my time here.
0: Well, um, after the uh, once I stop this recording, I'm curious to see where you're at. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. This has been such a fun conversation. I'm so excited that I had a chance to talk to you.
2: Yeah, dude. Thank you. Um. And yeah, glad you're glad you love the uh the album. I mean, I really do feel like when people hear this, there's gonna it's gonna just feel it's gonna feel fresh, it's gonna feel fun, it's gonna feel like plain white tees in the best all the best ways, I think. So, yeah, that's awesome. So,
0: with the tour though, you can you you just know you're doing us? You said we UK. are coming
2: to Nashville, yeah.
0: Okay. There's a national
2: date.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, again, Tom, thank you so much. I have one more quick question for you. Uh, If you have any advice for aspiring artists.
2: Well, uh, like I kind of said with, with my backstory, you know, it's like, you just kind of got to do it. You know, it's like, there's, I know that sounds so stupid and so cliche, but there's never anybody that like gives you permission or like, you know, says, oh, here's how you do it. Just do this and you'll be fine. You'll make it. You know, it's like there's there's just it. It's a lot of work and a lot of, you know, dedication, but you just got to do it. And you know what I always tell people? It's like even if you try and you like don't quite fail or you don't quite make it, you know, exactly in the path you want to make it along the way, you're going to like find a different path or it's going to lead you to something that is like that perfect thing for you or whatever. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like so many people that, that I know like, dude, half the producers and the like writers that are killing it and making so much money and having so much success in the music business right now are guys that like were in bands when we started touring that we would tour with that their band never made it, but now they're freaking writing songs for Dua Lipa and shit, you know? So right. it's like, it's like you're going to, you know, you never know what the end is going to be, but as long as you kind of take that path and follow your your heart and your dream, you're going to end up somewhere that's going to be, you know, perfect for you, you know?